Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast Supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. Mercy is the mark of a great man. Oh. Oh. Guess I'm just a good man. Oh. Well, I'm all right. You are not Captain Kirk. You do not belong in charge of the Enterprise and I shall do everything in my power against you. You know what the chain of command is? It's a chain I go get and beat you with till you understand who's in command here. Frequently appalled by the low regard you Earthmen have for life. to another exciting postponing edition of SFP Now and um, with me to go over news today um, is Raisa but you know before before we bring Raisa on I'd like to quickly announce uh, the interview for today it's actually with uh, Gareth Kavanagh who's a landlord of um, a middle pub here in, in, in Manchester called the Nassau Gallery but he's also uh, the man in charge of um, a really big Doctor Who event which is going on here in Manchester and uh, you know I said Doctor Who that Reese's ears picked up <laughs> um, but he's, he's got he's basically organized a big event to do with Doctor Who um, it's called the Doctor Who Fringe Festival yeah because mm-hmm. if you don't go to one of the shows you're gonna go bald mm-hmm. that's that, that's the actual threat um, oh, well. and as part of Doctor Who Fringe Festival one of the things that they're putting on aside from some great uh, Q&A sessions with uh, with people such as uh, Andrew Cartmel and Waris Hussain and, mm-hmm. and the like is they they have a they have a play going on and the play starts I think I think it starts on the 17th for this month and um, it's going to run for quite a while at uh, Fab Cafe, which is on Portland Street here in Manchester. Um, mm. the Fab Cafe is kind of like a science fiction themed pub. It's got um, you go in and you're surrounded with all sorts of memory being here from from classic sci-fi films and and whatnot. Um, so they're, they're hosting the uh, they're hosting a play there um, called The Unearthly Child, and basically um, a troop of actors are reenacting the uh, the story in Unearthly Child, which is the uh, first Hartnell adventure. Awesome. So, awesome. so that's 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 the big news, and that and um, basing a bit later on in the show, um, uh, Gareth Kavanagh will be talking about it with me as well as his feelings about the uh, recent findings of nine episodes of Patrick Troughton. So we've got got get a lot going got a lot going on in 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 that bit of an interview as long as more information about the festival. Is 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 uh, fringe a pun on the Fourth Doctor's scarf fringe, or is it fringe as in avant garde? Um, it's it's actually fringe as in semi professional fringe fringe theatre company fringe you know. Ah. All fringes in avant-garde, I guess, because it's basically um, everything that's going on in Manchester to do with this Doctor Who event 
is all going back into the local local community and, oh, cool. and, and the local oh, theatre companies and, and and the art scene in Manchester. So it's a uh, so so you know it's kind of got two meanings, <laughs> I guess. <laughs> um, but yeah, I, I've actually booked myself a ticket today for the um, for the Unearthly Child. I'm going to be going to the uh, Monday the 18th showing, which is at 7 p.m. So awesome, enjoy. I'm, I'm, I'm going to go along and see that on Monday the 18th, and I can't wait. And now, last week in news. And um, I'll kick off with, uh, with with some exciting Dot Two news announced just today. On Monday, the fourth um, of November. Of course, this is going out at the end of this week, so it'll be old news by then. But uh, just announced today for those that um, haven't been watching what was going on on Monday, the fourth of November, um, because you was song like too smashed out your brains on um, on on the weekend's uh, beer fest or whatever. Uh, the BBC have revealed that they will be showing the Dot Who biopic, An Adventure in Space and Time on the 21st of November which is a Thursday and it'll be on BBC2 at 9pm mm, very good so for you guys in the States that uh, might have to wait for it I don't know whether you, you, you'll get it on the same day I'm, look, I'm looking that up now actually to see when that might be we may end up like you said having to wait for it a bit well if you have to but wait I'm... for it a bit set your torrents for that date <laughs> yes <laughs> um and let me just remind everyone that in no way do we condone use of BitTorrent. <laughs> or news groups. Or, or anything else that, that, that is deemed illegal. Uh, yes. Um, you know, failing to comply with these guide, guidelines and you will be exterminated. <laughs> <laughs> Let's see if it's listed under... Uh, under... More shows. And it doesn't appear to be anywhere yet, so we probably won't get it for a little while. Mm, you might get it on the same night, you never know. Yeah, I will um, certainly look out for it. But I'm looking forward to that, and that, you know, that's the 21st, so it's actually the Thursday before the um, the big one on, on Saturday. Mm-hmm. Cool. And, appa- and apparently on Saturday, BBC are actually going to be showing a load of stuff on iPlayer as well, so it's um, but it's not just going to be on the TV. No, no, which is good. So that, that's good, so I'm, I'm really looking forward to that, and... Um, you know, I guess you could say that um, that's going to be a big Doctor Who week for me, that, because um, on the Monday of that week, I'm going to see 17, um, well, you know, um, I, I think I think um, on, on the Monday of that week, yeah, it will be the Monday of that week, the, the 18th on the Monday, I, I'll be going to see... I'll be going to see that Unearth Me Child, and then on the first day, I get to sit down and watch um, uh, an adventure in space time. So that's going to be mm. it's going to be a big week for me, that, and then I get the weekend... Um, for which I couldn't get cinema tickets. So, um, so have you got cinema tickets? Are you going? No, I'm I'm staying home to watch it on on the on the TV because mm-hmm. it's not it's not airing anywhere near me. I'm in Florida now, and we don't get that stuff in Florida. That's really weird because you think you would get that stuff in Florida because uh, Orlando, which is in Florida, it's a big holiday destination. Yeah, uh, but I, I looked at it and. Florida's just not one of the destinations, mm. so I will be watching it on TV. So Florida's kind of shit then, huh? Yeah, but Arizona wasn't much better. <laughs> I'm just joking. Mm. Yeah. Okay, uh, another... Uh, well, while we're, while we're on Doctor Who, we may as well stay on Doctor Who. 
Um, a new interview uh, this week out in, in Broadcast Magazine, which you unfortunately have to subscribe to. Um, basically, uh, Stephen Moffat has proclaimed um, Peter Capaldi a national treasure. Um, but, but basically, here's what he says. In an interview for Broadcaster, uh, the, the current showrunner for Doctor Who called his new star, Peter Capaldi, an incredibly skilled, fine actor. Peter is already a bit of a national treasure, Moffat said. As most people have realised, the moment you think of him in, in the part, you'll find, find it hard to think of anyone else. Every time I was at a TV do and Peter was there, he'd come over to talk about Doctor Who and he was the first to congratulate Matt. I started thinking, what if that genius actor might actually say yes? Moffitt also sympathised with younger fans who will find the change in lead actors on Doctor Who a tad jarring. But he was also quick to reassure those fans as well by recalling his horrid reaction when Patrick Troughton was replaced by John Pertwee in 1970. I sympathise with kids who have grown up with Matt Smith, he said. It's like when you move home and your mum and dad says, you'll make new friends. I always resented the intruder, but then, after a while, I forgot that there had been one before him. Uh, Capaldi will make his first appearance as the 12th Doctor in Doctor Who's 2013 Christmas special, um, with his first full series following in 2014. So that's more Doctor Who news, and yeah, I can't wait for that. No, I'm I'm, I'm looking forward to it. I, I will I will miss Matt Smith, but I'm I'm ready for something new. I'm kind of curious to see, given everything that Moffat has put into Matt Smith's arc and whatever he's got left to wrap it up, it'll be interesting to see what he transitions into. So I'm actually looking forward to it. Mm -hmm. Well, they released the official synopsis today for the uh, Day of the Doctor. Uh, Day of the Doctor official synopsis. Uh, the Doctors embark on their greatest adventure in this 50th anniversary special. In 2013, something terrible is awakening in London's National Gallery. In 1562, a murderous plot is afoot in Elizabethan England, and somewhere in space, an ancient battle reaches its devastating conclusion. All of reality is at stake as the Doctor's own dangerous past comes back to haunt him. So that's the, awesome. Um, so that's the uh, synopsis, and you know what it sounds like to me, don't you? What? It sounds like they're like, like um, what the Doctor was running away from was what 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 confused us all when when um, Eccleston came in the Time War. Yes, that might be it. And if, and if that actually fills in some of those gaps, I'll be happy because there, there are gaps there. So that that's um that 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 was posted early today. I meant to get it up there on 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 Sci-Fi Pulse, but you know, one thing and another, I haven't the time. I've been interviewing today, and so. Mm. Um, but you know, I'm kind of looking forward to it. Um, you know, it'll be kind of interesting to see what they do with the Elizabeth from an England England aspect. Yes, anything with historicals in it will make me happy on you know by default. So, mm -hmm. so there is that. Um, I believe you got some news. Yes, I've got two things. Um, first, just to get out of the way, um, and I'm sorry I wasn't able to send this to you, but there were um, they blocked it. They geo-blocked it on account of the fact that you're in uh, in England and it doesn't play well on on the TV line site, which is where I saw it. The uh, trailer for Ron Moore's uh, Helix, the new show, first the first full trailer came out. It looks really good. Um, when you when you find it in um, 
in a conducive format, you know, you'll, you'll I think appreciate it. But uh, that's available or will be soon. Mm, I don't know. I mean, I'm not really a big fan of Ron Moore. I so. probably will watch the pilot, but I, I there are there were enough problems with be uh, with with uh, Battlestar Galactica that I'm kind of on the fence. Yeah, so. I mean, I might, I might give it a go, but you know, really, um, you know, some something about um, a virus um, and t- TV series about a, about a deadly virus isn't really my cup of tea. Mm, it's it's yeah. it's kind of like it's kind of like you know a, a zombie Armageddon without the zombies. Mm. Yeah. It's just more of the same. And and even with the zombies, as Walking Dead, that that has proved it can be kind of boring. Yeah. Yeah. You know, you have, to, you have to want to watch that. So I'll, I'll have to see how I feel when the time comes. Yeah, I mean, I, I uh, tried to watch the second half of season two, Walking Dead, and uh, you know, I was, I was, I was, I was a hair's breath away from opening a vein. Uh, I was so bored. <laughs> oh God, I'm sorry. <laughs> um, so that there is that, and you know, and and yeah, you know, if if I had Ty on doing the news with me, he'd be he'd probably be beating me over the head with something right about now. So I'm, 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 I'm so I, I have the audacity to, say, you know, say, you know, to say I dislike something, <laughs> some, something like Walking Dead, which, oh. which is a show that everyone loves at the moment. I know, I know. Which is, I try to stay out of those conversations because I, I dislike it for a lot of the same reasons you do. I just, mm-hmm. I, you know, as, as far as zombie narratives go, I prefer in the flesh. So. Yeah, as far, as far as zombie narratives go, I, I prefer anything by George A. Romero. Ah. Where, where it's actually um uh, you know where it's actually a zombie horror film and there's lots of lots of shooting and <laughs> stuff mm-hmm. like that um or zombies taking over a shopping mall which you know which is very indicative of real life really isn't it you know when you yeah. when when you go into a sh- when you go into a supermarket and you see all these uh zombies with long hair and boobs pushing trolleys and talking to each other oblivious to whatever's going on around them you know <laughs> you know, so like and and, and he, he, there's little little me or little you and he's like, excuse me excuse me and they're just so so involved in conversation they don't see you you know yeah. so you yeah, just pull a, so you just pull a shotgun out and shoot them and welcome back <laughs> you know that's well that's what you want to do but <laughs> <laughs> Um, my my second uh, bit of news, which is potentially more interesting, is there's a there's a pilot uh, that's been uh, greenlit, uh, which is going to be a, a remake of um, Twelve Monkeys, the Bruce Willis, Terry Gilliam film Twelve Monkeys, uh-huh. and the Bruce Willis role has been cast. He's uh, the role of Cole, which is the Bruce Willis role, is going to be played by uh, Aaron Stanford who is one of the supporting uh, characters on this newest iteration of uh, Nikita on the WB. Mm-hmm. And uh, the reason he's free to do 12 Monkeys is because Nikita is ending after this next batch of episodes, apparently. Yeah. How, how many and seasons have been going now, Nikita? I think four or five. Yeah, exactly. it's one of those, yeah, it's one of those shows that was under the radar. Um, but it, it managed for a little while, yeah. Because I, I think I watched, um, I watched about three quarters of the way through the first season, and to be honest, uh, my 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 infatuation with the gorgeous and sexy Maggie Q 
in yeah. the barbecue well it wasn't enough to keep me watching <laughs> so i kind of zoned out on it after that you know because it's just so i can and another one that i i kind of zoned out on as well was about the female fbi agent mm. that that is on in the summer it's usually on the same you were oh saying yeah repairs with. yeah yeah I, I, that's cia and i quite love that one they changed the format some and so it has uh ongoing storyline storylines instead of case of the week and it's improved dramatic dramatically yeah i kind of zoned i zoned out on that one about midway through season two that's understandable the format change is done done in a world of good mm-hmm. um so. but yeah that's um that that's that's show that i was into um yeah terry gingham's 12 monkeys um that's a film i've never actually watched and i, I suppose it's, it's- it's very good. I recommend it. It's it's one of those um, post-apocalyptic. You know, you're kind of it's kind of bleak. It's post-apocalyptic. It's very Gilliam. But if you're in the mood for that and just sort of put yourself in that headspace, it's a very good variation on the theme. Mm-hmm. And and Willis does a very good job in that role. And it's going to be interesting to see how they translate that to an ongoing narrative, or if they can. I don't know. Yeah, um, I should imagine it'd be pretty tough. Yeah, it's a it's it's an inc- closed narrative and once you watch the film you'll see what I mean by that like I don't know if that can translate to a week-to-week scenario um, a lot of, a lot of really great movies don't always translate to good TV so it's gonna be interesting yeah. to see if they can pull that off I remember I remember a while back somebody talking to me about well, monkeys, and and he said it was very much um, a sort of superhero narrative. It is, it is, but it, it's 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 bleak in that he tries very hard. He gets he gets you know very close to sorting it out, but then he turns that turns out he's one of those one of those issues where uh, he he himself is part of the problem in, mm-hmm. in a time loop scenario. Yeah, and. and uh, was Samuel L. Jackson in that as well? He was, wasn't he? No, that, that, that was Unbreakable. Oh, right, yeah. That was the other one, yeah, which is also very good. Um, but there was, a, there was a period there where Bruce Willis just did a bunch of bleak films very well. Yeah. And, uh, well, you know, give, give, given his interviews of me um, in regards to Reds and um, and various other things he's doing, he's, he's kind of like... Um, it's almost like he's admitted defeat on his acting career. He's sort of, he's giving these interviews of me, and he's um he's coming over as really really disinterested when the interviewers ask him questions and stuff like that of me. Maybe he is burned out. I don't know. Yeah, so yeah, I'm thinking maybe maybe he's kind of burned out. Um, you know, I mean, I, I personally I've like um I've seen him in a lot of stuff, and I've quite liked him in in much of the stuff, with the exception of the last Die Hard movie, which was shite. I only saw like the first three. I got bored after that. Yeah, so. well, the first three are the best ones, so you know. But the um, the the last the last one was just terrible. Um, but the um, the thing is, Bruce Willis had quite quite a promising music career as well. Um, around the around that time, he, he he quit moonlighting, and um, I think it was somewhere between moonlighting and the first Die Hard movie, he released a solo album. Mm. Um, and he he saw he's he's got quite a good bluesy R and B sort of voice, and he plays harmonica and. Uh, he did an old of uh, standards such as Secret Agent Man and Under the Boardwalk and stuff like that. And ah, he, okay. he also um, he also did one of his own songs and you know, he had quite 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 a promising promising music career. 
maybe he needs to switch gears for a while. I I I think he should, you know, because if he if he released another album, I, I'd buy it in a heartbeat. Cool. Because you know? um, I I kind of think he's a bit better as a as a singer and a musician than he is an actor. <laughs> Um, and, and that's not that's no that, that's not putting down his acting. Yeah, yeah. Now, no, you know I understand what, I mean. what you're saying. But I, I just I I just think he he's um he, he's better as a musician. So may, maybe he should try doing that. To, yeah. To give himself a break from the acting, you know, if, if he's kind of feeling burned out. But yeah. yeah. So like um I've got one last bit of news. Um, there's a story last week actually. It might been might been a week before about uh, Agents of Shield doing a crossover with Captain America. Um, the the, the Cap- Captain America two sort of thing, but um, we do, we it was Thor, it was Thor two, yeah, and it, it's well, apparently going to be on the on the nineteenth of November. Yeah, it's actually turned out to be Thor two. Yeah. Um, the the report I did two weeks ago was about actually about Captain America and, mm. and um, Agent Shield, but it's turned out to be Thor two, and it's going to be on the nineteenth. Uh, and you know, apparently from what I can from what I can tell, um. Hem- Chris Hemsworth is not going to be in it, so the big guy is not going to be in it. No, I think uh, they're gonna they're gonna structure it so that if you've seen the movie by then, great. But if you haven't, you can watch the episode without having to worry about seeing the movie. Because mm-hmm. they're gonna they're gonna be some of us who so I never see blockbuster films on the first or second week because the, the crowds, you know, I just don't feel like having to fight the crowds. So I always, you know, let the crowds die down a bit, then go see these things. Mm-hmm. Well, so, we by, so by the time that episode airs, I will not not have seen that film. We don't yeah. really have that trouble here in um you know in 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 where I live. I mean, nearest cinema to me is a view cinema in Altrincham, um, which is a uh, the opposite town to where I am, and I usually go see movies there. And um, I went to see a uh, Star Trek Into Darkness on the day it was released, and I caught a matinee performance of it, and there was barely anyone there. Mm. You know. It's yeah. usually the evening ones that thin up, um, but you know there's barely anyone in there. But you know I think that's probably to do with the fact that there's absolutely no money around in England at the moment. Ah. <laughs> uh. Um. You know, co- contrary to popular belief. Um. But I also went to see um. Well, I went to see Iron Man three there and uh, Man of Steel there. Those are the those are the three movies I've seen this year. Uh, those and Jack Reacher, um, and the other one I want to see was um was was um ah oh man the one about the White House with Gerard Butler. Uh, I, I want to see that one. White House, da- uh, White House Down, I think it was. Yeah. Something, yeah. I think it was something has fallen. It was uh, some some Greek or Roman. Oh, Olympus has fallen. Olymp- Olympus yeah. has fallen. Yeah, that's that's one I went to see with Jared Butler, which is quite bloody actually. It was um, you know, it's quite grisly. I went so I went to see those first two, my sister, and the other the other three I went to see on my own. So I've been to the cinema quite a few times this year. Oh wow! <laughs> you know, um, but. Yeah, the one the ones I wanted to see, but in the end I passed on were Lone Ranger because I read the reviews for that and I thought, hmm, no, this is just a VOD one. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and um, and and a few other things, but you know, I've, I've not not yet gone see for Dark World yet, and I'm I'm not sure if I will, to be honest. I've I've just I've seen some good reviews, so it it looks like it'll be solid. I've seen the first one, um, yeah. and I, I went to see the first one in the cinema, and I really, really enjoyed the first one. Uh, but the one thing that's sort of like turning me off at the moment is um, the buses to and from Altrincham and Sale um, after about 6 pm, and like every hour. Mm-hmm. 
and if I'm out at the cinema at a certain time and I can't get a bus ride away it's just standing around for an hour waiting for another one I just don't really fancy you know going that far out away to go see a movie ah. when you know when I do go it's gonna have to be sort of like um, a late you know a late afternoon one you know like a 4.30 or 5.30 one and films on for two hours you're gonna get about half an hour of adverts before before they start the film right um, and right. you don't normally get out of the cinema by about half seven you know mm, yeah you know so it's um you know I, I i prefer to go cinema in the summer for that reason you know you don't really mind waiting around for buses if if, if the weather's like fairly nice sort of thing yeah yeah um well, you know, I'm kind of a, I'm kind of unsure whether I want to go see that world. I'd rather them released it in the summer, really. Mm. And that way, yeah. But it, they've got so many of these Marvel films coming up; they can't release them all in the summer. They got to space them out. So. Yeah, well, I'd rather go and see that than Man of Steel, to be honest. True. True. <laughs> so, so that that that's bad, and I think that wraps up the news for this week. Unless you can think of anything else. No, no, I can't. Why am I speaking like an Australian and ending every sentence with a question? I don't know. I must be watching too many Australian sobs, don't you think? Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> Dear me. Um, but that, that's a wrap, and um, now it's on to our interview with uh, Gareth Kavanagh. to welcome to the show uh, Gareth Kavanagh who's the uh, esteemed landlord of the uh, Nassau Gallery pub in Manchester and um, you're also one of the creative directors behind uh, this year's Doctor Who Fringe Festival. Yeah that's right um, I do a lot of work in Manchester's Fringe scene um, and obviously produce quite a bit of Fringe theatre so with the 50th anniversary um, obviously this year um, I've, I've felt I'd quite like to do something a little bit more weighty to um, to mark the um, to mark the great occasion really and give people a chance to explore all different types of Doctor Who entertainment um, not just stuff on the TV mm. well you know the um, the Fringe Festival it starts from the 23rd and from the 16th sorry through to the uh, 30th yeah that's right full two weeks so it's, it's like a full epic two weeks, which is, uh, quite frankly, more than the BBC's doing. <laughs> well, yes. <laughs> I suppose the BBC have got a different, um, they've got a, you know, different priorities. But it, it's really just to, to give something nice back to the fans um, in, in one of Britain's major cities. So hopefully there's lots of opportunity for people to see lots of really interesting stuff. Mm-hmm. Well, I'm hoping to get over there, you know, like I was saying before we started recording, I'm hoping to get over to see some some, some of the things myself. Um, 
Sure. I mean, one, one of the things I'm particularly... What uh, jumps out at you, then, that you'd like to see? One thing that jumps out at me is the, um, is the stage performance of An Unearthly Child, Fungal by Edge of Destruction, that double bill thing. Um, yeah, yeah, that's been very popular, that, so um, far. I think uh, that's going to be at the Fab Cafe, right? It is. It is. The, it's, we're using four venues. So there's there's Fab, um, which has got uh, Warris Hussain um, doing Q&A with me, and... Um, and an earthly child and also edge of destruction. Mm-hmm. There's Taurus, which is hosting a, a really interesting night looking at the links between Coronation Street and Doctor Who, and that's got uh, Phil Collinson coming down mm-hmm. as a special guest. Right. Phil, yes. of course, being the only man who's produced both Doctor Who and Coronation Street in the modern era. Yeah, well, in fact, in any era. You could also um, have a... Uh, that's actress. what Taurus have got. And then there's um, The Last Gallery. has got several, several pieces, uh, bits of theatre comedy, poetry, um, drama, and also a live screening on, on the big day, mm-hmm. on the day of the Doctor. And then there's the Town Hall Tavern, which is a lovely little pub in town, which has got um, a rehearsed reading of a brand new script called Nemesis, which would be quite good. Mm-hmm. So lots of stuff in lots of venues. Well, one of the things I was uh, just going to say then was um, for Coronation Street, you could also have the uh, actress that played that plays Gail Tiltony uh, come along as well, because... Uh, she was actually in um, uh, a Pertwee adventure, I think, very briefly. Yeah, yeah, she's in. Um, yeah, that's right. She is in Colleen Space, um, which is just not long before she joined the program, actually. So, um, yeah, um, that's uh, Gail, either Potter or McIntyre, I think she's called now. Um, Helen Worth, a brilliant actor. I don't think Helen will be with us, but we'll certainly be showing some clips of her stuff mm-hmm. from around then, because that's exactly the kind of interesting actor who's been in both um we're hoping to show some um there's a couple of episodes with patrick troutman in the 70s which we'd like to show some clips which we're trying to get some clips of so all sorts of great stuff to look forward to with mm-hmm. that and two great shows you know with a real manchester link and you you also have a uh, andrew cartmel coming coming over as well to the uh, nassau gallery that's on yes, the uh, that's 30th. Right. andrew's joining us on um saturday the 30th um he's always great value to chat to Andrew, um, a real thinker, um, a really interesting era of the programme when obviously it got cancelled at the end of his run in 1989, just as they were doing some really interesting things, but then went on to become the new adventures and then went on in time to, to become, um, you, you know, the, the new programme in itself. Mm-hmm. So, um, yeah, Andrew's terrific. And Andrew, is it's only £4 um, to come down here and speak. So it's um, it's a really good opportunity to get close and, and chat to some of these brilliant people who've made it such a great programme. Mm-hmm. I actually interviewed Andrew about um, two years ago uh, for, for, for the podcast. And, uh, you know, he, he you know he, he keeps you uh, he keeps you on the edge of your seat in, for, in as far as conversation goes. And, you know... Oh, he, um, he, he gives you a proper workout. Yeah. You know, as well as as well as what you know, some of the stuff that he was uh, he he was wanting to bring to Doctor Who, that you know, eventually never got realised. We only seen sort of like parts of it with Sylvester McCoy's sort of like very sort of like manipulative sort of Doctor Who, the way he was manipulating Ace and stuff like that. Oh yeah, um, it's it's a brilliant era. Um, it really you really feel them drawing a line and beginning to move on, and they're just about to. Um, to really see the benefits of that when it, it, it's quite cruelly chopped. Um, but I think we did get to really see what that era would have been in the New Adventures books, which 
really are what is the genesis of Russell's return. A lot of the stuff in those books is in Russell's um, ethos of bringing the program back in 2005. And of course, we know that Russell is a huge fan of the New Adventures, has has read every single one. So he is um, he, he's a fan. Um, the one thing I do notice is you you tend to do some sort of Doctor Who event um, at your at your at your pub on ass uh, every year, uh, as well as having stage shows on. I mean, I was I was actually yeah. I was actually tempted to try and get along to see um, see the stage show that you guys did. Um, some I think it was sometime late last year or somewhere in last year when you did a stage show um, based on the Prisoner. Oh, um, well, that was that was at the pub. Um, I don't think it, it wasn't something that we put on, but it, it was that was something staged at the pub. Yeah, that was about uh, that was a piece by Brian Gorman about um, Patrick McGrew. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, that's very much the sort of thing we do. I mean, the thing about Who at Fifty and, and the stuff in general is it's been a really great couple of years. But what makes Who at Fifty very special for me as well is that these this is the last run of of shows I'm actually producing at the last. Um, after this, I, these will be the last shows I'm doing at the last. So I'm sort of standing down from Fringe for a good five or six months and thinking about where I go next with it. So um, do take the chance to enjoy these shows because there won't be any for a while. Oh, well, that, that's a bit disappointing. <laughs> um, well, the show goes on, but it'll go on in, in different ways. Um, mm. So, I mean, I've been doing a lot of Fringe now for, for a good two and a half years. And I think it's time to recharge the batteries and, and do some different things. Um, has, has it helped your hair regrow at all? Yes. Sorry, that was just a bad joke. Sorry. Yeah. <laughs> you know, I, I always say the uh, TV show Fringe is for guys with re- that need help with, with receding hairlines. Oh, right. And then stuff like that. It's just, uh, just my uh, very unusual... Yeah. Just my very yeah. unusual sense of humour, I guess. Um but you know you've you've had some great events on on at the last because I, I've actually been to a, a couple of them myself and you know it, they're they're, all, they're always good fun. Um, but talking to you now as a, a fan, um, sure. In recent weeks, we've had the discovery of nine new episodes. You know that that have yeah. been, been, been that have come out and I think one of them was a web of fear and the other one was um enemy, enemy of, of the world, world. Yeah. um and i'm just wondering um as a fan have you had op- opportunity to see those yet oh yes um well i was fortunate enough to be at the launch event in london um a couple of weeks back and um i was at the press conference when they were first unveiled and, and yeah it's, it's very exciting um it's um phil morris has done an amazing job hunting these down it's a real new phase of, of episode hunting and episode discovery which we've never been to before because so i think you know fan researchers and scholars and the bbc have done a great job but no one has actually ever physically been out there going through these archives shelf at a time with all the paperwork it is incredible um and and it's already yielded nine episodes which is more than we've recovered since since 1991 so it's um yeah it's, it's great it's a really exciting time um in many ways i'm more excited about the old episodes coming about than i am about um day of the doctor and i'm not saying that day of the doctor is not exciting but i think that this is more exciting i i i can kind of relate with you there because um out of the uh doctors of the 1960s era 
uh, Troughton is my favourite. I've, I've got more of his adventures on DVD and the the DVD and what. Oh yeah, um, Troughton's um, an amazing actor, and you really get that sense from the, the recovered episodes just how um, just how amazing he is. You know, the little everything. he's working hard in every scene. Um, he doesn't coast it once. He's always interesting to look at. He's always believable. Um, I'm quite possibly beginning to think he's probably the greatest actor to ever play the role. And I don't say that lightly. Um, I think he's really got something. I think he probably defines the character as we know it now. Brilliant though Hartnell is. I think Troughton is the probably the defining article. Uh, I think you're likely right there, because I think pretty much every single actor that's went on to play Do- the Doctor since then has yeah. kind of like partly based his interpretation in what Troughton did. And if Troughton hadn't have come along and played the second Doctor, um, you know, who, who knows where the series would be? It probably wouldn't wouldn't yeah. be around, you know, if he, he hadn't come along and and um, and taken on the role. But um, you know, even Matt Smith, you know, twenty twenty six year old actor at the time, goes back to watch Tomb of the Cybermen and uh, you know cites that as his as, as his favourite Doctor Who, and and kind of bases a lot of his performance on what Troughton did. Um, yeah, I, I can I can certainly see where that comparison would come from, and I think it's probably quite fair. I mean, yeah, there's um, <laughs> what you were saying before about McCoy. There's a certain slyness um, in in Troughton. There's there's a, there's the idea that he's playing the fool while all the time he's three or four chess moves ahead. Um, there's a sense that sometimes, like you know, like McCoy, he gets it wrong. So even with Daleks. You know, he thinks that he's been thwarting them by discovering the, the Dalek factor, but actually he's been uncovering the human factor. So, you know, he, he, there's a fallibility to it. Now, that's probably where I differ with you on terms of Smith. Because I think one of the weaknesses at the moment with, with the modern series is, is the Doctor just looks completely infallible. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I think that started with Tennant. Uh, when... Never makes a mistake. Yeah, I, I think that sort of started with Tennant as well. When 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 we had the uh, the first uh, the first run of episodes with the Master, um, the way they the way they brought Tennant back, that that still yeah. troubles yeah, me to Yeah, I mean day. possibly. Although Russell, I think himself acknowledges that, I and mean, you, you get the waters of Mars with the Time Lord victorious, where he's gone too far, and suddenly a situation he can't arise turns up, and, he, and unexpected consequences happen. So. I think even there, there's an acknowledgement that, that you know, he can't always be right. He can't always win. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, uh, what what are your thoughts on uh, Peter Capaldi uh, coming in as the uh, 12th Doctor at the end of this year? Um, well, a quality actor is, is the first thing. I'm looking forward to a, a change of pace. Um, although a lot of it depends. I mean, I would hope that he'll be written differently. I would hope that there's there's a there's more more pace and more uh, space for the stories to breathe. Um, I'd hope that Murray Gold steps back a little bit and maybe gives the dialogue a chance to breathe without scoring the whole thing um, so frenetically, which you would hope he will because obviously it's a new Doctor and a new personality. But I I, I think in theory everything's there ready to be brilliant. Mm-hmm. Um, let's just hope that that, that pans through and it's as good as we expect it all to be. 
Yeah, I, I, um, I, I actually quite like the casting of, uh, of Capaldi. Uh, Wouldn't be an older guy. Uh, for one, he's older than me, which makes me feel better. <laughs> yeah. And uh, for for another thing, I think I think he's gonna bring that sort of like uh, somewhat darker, edgy feel back to it. But also the sort of like wizened, the wizened sort of like uh, almost uh, almost wizardly or professorial Doctor Who that we that we've had in in the past. Well, I'm told, and I don't know if this is a rumor or not, um, that it would make sense that before he was announced, the writers for the next series were briefed to write for the Doctor because they didn't know he couldn't announce it was Capaldi. They were briefed to write for him as if he was the, uh, you know, as if he was early Tom Baker. So, you know, a little bit more aloof and, and gruff and crotchety. I've heard that off, off um, someone I've got no reason to doubt them. And if that's the case, I think that maybe gives a clue as to how Capaldi will pan out, which I think is, is, is very exciting um, from a storytelling perspective. We shall see. I'm, I'm quite quite looking forward to seeing, seeing what happens. Um mean as much I, i've quite enjoyed matt smith's area i quite enjoyed tenants before um but i think out of those out of the current eras of doctor who um certainly in terms of modern modern run i think you know for me presently it's still still christopher eccleston that's so like uh, uh, a little bit of a cut above the no. other two no I, I think that's right i think that first uh, 13 episode run stands up incredibly well um, there's, there's, you know, it, it sets the template. It, it's bold. It's, um, it's got a real completeness to it. Um, yeah, it, it is terrific, Doctor Who. Um, I would agree that it's probably the best of the modern era because it is just joyously doing its own thing before the format had been set, and then the format gets set for four years. You know, that if you open with something quite light and frothy. You have one in the future, one in the past, a two-parter midway through, a doctorless one at episode 10, um, and then a two-parter to end the series. It it's almost settles into a, a very familiar rhythm after that, and there's nothing wrong with that, so I think it's a very sensible television structure, but the first time you see it, it is just, wow, this is great. Mm -hmm. well, I, I remember seeing the uh, pilot episode, and I, th I think I watched it about three or four times. <laughs> Exactly. No, well, you know, yeah. Um, I mean, the other thing is I don't watch it as often now. Uh, quite a few of them I've watched just on transmission and never watched again, and I'm quite happy with that. Um, some <laughs> I have watched a few times, because I think there's, there's, there's more in there to take in. So, you know, something like The God Complex, um, I've probably watched two or three times, and I think there's a lot in it. Um, Doctor's Wife, I've certainly watched a few times. Because there's a lot to digest. Um, others are, you know, quite nice, light and frothy snacks, mm -hmm. and there's nothing wrong with that. And I think it's all part of the whole, the whole mix of the season. Yeah, I think uh, John Freeman said said this once, um, and um, it was it was a conversation that that I was having with him and somebody else at the time, and. Uh, when, when when we got to talking about uh, the new new Doctor Who and classic Doctor Who series, John John kind of like uh, summed it up pretty well in that he, he referred to the new series of Doctor Who as kind of like going for pizza, whereas classic series is kind of like having a full meal. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. I, I think that that's probably about right. It's it's obviously a different show. It's got um, 
it's got a different um you know there is a, more of a limit to the the stories you can tell and i think that obviously there's been a move away from two-part stories in the last year or so so you are limited in your canvas really if you've got whatever it is 43 minutes you know by the time you've had your three minute wrap up you you you, you four five minute the tardis has arrived where are we doctor i don't know your three minute pre-credit teaser you've only got about 28 30 minutes to tell your story sandwiches mm. so there is a limit to what you can do with that time you know, there's, there's also there's also narrative ways in which you can get around it. Like for example, um, every episode um, doesn't actually have to start while they're on board the TARDIS. You know, it can start where they're actually on on the planet or in the time period that they're visiting. Yeah, I've noticed that. And, and stuff that's like that. um, that's certainly something that Toby Whithouse uses um, to get to get you straight into the action and the storytelling. That's true. Um, there are some definite ways that you can jumpstart the storytelling but you have got a very limited envelope so it is a very different kind of storytelling mm-hmm. um well you know before before we go um is there any uh any any, any links or urls you want to mention in in in, in, re, in regards to the uh to the fringe festival and um you know um well just uh, just have a look and come and support it really You've got a chance to see. Uh, you've got a chance to meet one of the architects of Doctor Who, Warwick Hussain, who's never appeared in Manchester before. You've got the chance to see three of the earliest episodes of Doctor Who performed before your eyes, um, with the actor playing the Doctor, Phil Dennison, is extraordinarily good. Um, the minute I met him three years ago, I knew one day I'm going to have you cast as the Doctor. You're that good. Um, and there's a lot of events in there in support of charity. Um, we've chosen to support the uh, Alzheimer's Society, um, which is obviously an issue that affects a lot of people, especially some of us getting older with older parents. But also really um, in memory of William Hartnell, who himself was afflicted with a form of vascular dementia mm-hmm. as he got older and struggled with it. So it really is something I think that it would be lovely for us all to get behind and really remember William Hartnell and the remarkable work he did and continued to do despite being increasingly poorly um, with, with vascular dementia. Mm-hmm. Well, um, I've just got to say, uh, Phil Dennison, I've seen the uh, poster artwork that, that you guys did. Um, um, was it was it um, Colin, Colin oh, Brockhurst? Photo shoot. Yeah. yeah, it was Colin Brockhurst that put all the visuals together for you guys? Oh yes, well, well that's right, it's a real team effort. Colin has put together Colin, who of course is my my partner in crime on Warp Warp, and Colin has put together uh, some of the most extraordinary posters. Um, so far, we've had a, a lovely Radio Times-inspired poster. We've got another poster which has Hartnell and and um, and, and uh, Caroline Ford, Susan, running towards us, which is really a homage to some of those early Eccleston and uh, and Billy Piper shots. So, um, and we've got the, the listings done in a Radio Times style. And, we, and we've got several more posters from Colin to come. So we're, um, so keep your eyes out. There's some absolutely lovely work coming. And um, there's going to be a very limited run of print from Adrian Salmon, um, who's going to do a very limited number of, of signed numbered prints, which is going to be a time team 
for um, an unearthly child, but with our cast. Cool. And they're all going to be in support of the Alzheimer's Society. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, I was, I was actually saying to Colin on, on, on the Facebook group that I'd, that I'd actually love to get hold of uh, one of those uh, Radio Times covers he's done, uh, Framed. Um, yeah, we've had a few people asking that. It's lovely. Um, and it's that sort of thing, is that sort of lovely little tingle that you get that reminds you when you're a fan and what, what it's all about. And maybe that's something that the episode's coming back has awoken in us. And, and um, you know, maybe when we get to November, we'll remember the show that we love and everything we love about it. And we can all come together as fans and, um, and just have a great time. Mm-hmm. Cause that's what it should be about. And I've just got to say, uh, Phil Dennison in in that, in those posters, he he, he just he, he almost looks the spit of William Hart, though. It's kind it's kind of it's kind of eerie. Um, it is. Um, well, Phil's Phil's um, slightly just older than the program, so he um, so he remembers watching Trout. He mm-hmm. remembers watching a little bit of Hartnell at the end. But Troughton was his doctor, so it's interesting we've brought the conversation about full circle there. Mm-hmm. Troughton for him is, is the governor. But, but he's, he's loving playing Hartnell, and we're going to see something really extraordinary off him. Mm-hmm. So that, that, that one, that, that's going to be at the Fab Cafe. I'm just saying that to put it in my head so I know where it is and uh, so yes. I can get my tickets booked for it as soon as I get paid on Friday. Yeah, and Fab's been a good venue like that. I mean, I produced the Robots of Death there um, about 18 months ago now so and that was very well received and that's one of my so, uh, favorite tom crossed. baker we, stories we have the same magic with an earthly child and edge of destruction mm-hmm. that, that is one of my favorite tom baker stories of robots of death rightly so um i think it, i think it's that one pyramids of mars and um ooh, city of death yeah it's, it's a real golden era of, of doctor who um but you know every era of doctor who has something to commend it when i think back Mm-hmm. Every single era has something brilliant in it, and really, that's what we should be celebrating. Okay, well, Gareth, I'd like to thank you very much for your time. Um, My pleasure. And I'd like to thank you for all the great work you've been doing with Doctor Who over the years, um, especially um, all the hard work you've put in on on Warp Warp and bringing this event together. Well, yeah, that's right, and it's um, it'll be a lovely sign off for me for this year. Um, and there will be more good stuff to come in the summer for the Greater Manchester Fringe, but let's. Let's sign it off, and then then you can all release me for six months rest. Mm-hmm. Okay, well, I'm I'm looking forward to so sort of like trying to get along to see the uh, see the Phil Dennison play, and uh, you right. know the whole whole worry Sue same thing. I just hope this ticket's right. left on Friday when I get paid. Um, oh, you'll be fine, I'm sure. Because I'm actually so it's all good stuff, and it's all going to a good cause as well. Because I'm actually off myself this weekend. I'm actually uh, working in Bolton at uh, the Bolton Toy Fair. Um, oh, which is held every alternate month. And oh, there'll I'm, be some lovely rare stuff there, I'm sure. And I'm going to be singing. Um, I've got I've got a few uh, classic era Doctor Who figures from Dapple. Oh, lovely! Yeah, uh, stinging the boxes that I'm that, that I'm going to be uh, trying trying to uh, palm off on unsuspecting Doctor Who fans that may may turn up there, and. Um, and quite a few other goodies, uh, you know, various James Bond, Star Wars, Star Trek goodies, stuff like that. Well, let's find, hopefully find a loving new home. It, it was lovely to chat, and, and thanks again, Gareth, for all, all you've My been pleasure. doing. All right, thank you.
Okay, engine stop. We copy it down. Remember when science fiction drama envisioned stories that were happening where no one had gone before? Discovering and exploring other worlds far, far away. While many of these series and films became cult classics, somewhere along the way, this genre got lost. Imagine if there was a place where you could go watch exciting new space opera series made specifically for the niche audience that you are. Imagine if this place was conducted by a team as passionate as you about science fiction and who would use all their background experience to make sure you get the best entertainment possible. SOS is a not-for-profit independent production facility that brings together writers, special effects wizards, and other creative talent from around the world who've worked on some of the most recognizable and respected science fiction franchises. So throw away your remote control and get real control by joining the Space Opera Society right now. With as little as one dollar, you can change the future of entertainment today. For more information, please visit our website. Which is, of course, spaceoperasociety.com. Where all your questions will be answered in our frequently asked questions page. And don't miss our short video presentation from some of our space opera series in development. And I'll step off the limit. It's one small step for man, one giant leap for mankind. Hi there, this is Robert Leeshock from Gene Roddenberry's Earth Final Conflict better known as Liam Kincaid, and you are listening to SFP Now. The fate of humanity now relies on those who dare challenge the future of Earth. And that about wraps things up for this week. Um, Next week, um, we have um, an interview with uh, actor Louis Lombardi, who will be talking about um, a couple of new projects he's got, got going. Um, as well as some of the some of the other TV series that has appeared in, so uh, keep an eye out for that. And um, you know, in in the coming weeks, we have the uh, Dot Who special to commemorate the 50th anniversary, and we also have uh, an interview coming up with the uh, producer of an, a new horror film which is due out on December 3rd, uh, called House of Bad. Um, which is a really cool movie, by the way. I've seen it. It's due out on DVD on, defend, on, on December 3rd. Um, and it's called House of Bad. So we'll be talking to the producer of that film um, in, in a few weeks' time. So, um, so you know, just keep listening. Um, and we'll keep trying to bring you some great content. Um, that's all for now. Bye. the world order.